Hello, welcome to another episode of Face Your Fears with Jordan Spears, and I am indeed your host, Jordan Spears. So, I figured today I would cover a movie that I've already seen, uh, but I'm going to give it a rewatch and talk about it a whole bunch after I do the rewatch. You might have seen the movie. I'll give you some hints. It's got a tall man that goes, boy, all the time. It's got flying spheres made of chrome with blades and drills that come out of them. And uh, it's got people getting turned into little Jawas. That's right. It's the 1979 classic by Don Coscarelli, Phantasm. Uh, This movie's super cool. There's five of them in the series. I'm covering the first one right now, but ideally I want to do all five because I spent way too much money on the fancy Blu-ray box set that comes with the sphere prop and all that neat stuff. So I got to justify uh, my purchase. And what better way to justify that purchase than to rec- uh, review all of those things on this podcast. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's watch this flick and then, uh, talk about it a little bit more. All right. Phantasm. And we're back. I've completed it. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Uh, it was a really good rewatch, especially since I, you know, since I've seen it, I can kind of analyze it a little bit. I might even try and put my, uh, my, my thinking cap on a little bit and, provide some theories that I've got on what the themes of the movie could be. Yeah, that's right. We're going to we're going to get into it. So right off the bat, uh this movie kind of grabs you. I guess we'll do a quick plot synopsis. <laughs> uh let's see. So basically there's this kid named Mike uh who is actually pretty dope. He's like, I don't know, maybe 15 or something, but he's like not one of those kids that gets super annoying in movies, which is cool. Uh and he suspects that there's some shenanigans going on at the local funeral home uh because the dude that runs it is kind of weird and creepy and there is indeed some shenanigans going on in the local funeral home and then the tall man uh, played by Angus Scrim, which is like one of the best names in the business. He decides, you know, once he finds out that uh, that Mike is on to him, he's gonna stop at nothing to uh, to kill Mike. And uh, yeah, so basically, right off the bat, this movie grabs you because it's just like black screen, red text, phantasm. You have no idea what it's about. Then the soundtrack kicks in, and the opening theme for this movie, like the main theme, is uh, like amazing. Uh, it sounds so great. It it it's just really evocative. Like when I hear the theme song to Phantasm, it just makes me feel like I don't know, being a kid walking around on a foggy fall day, just when you still think monsters are real. It's uh, it's it's cool. Uh, so Mike. He's got a brother named uh, Jody, and his, their parents are dead. Mike is living with Jody. He's very attached to him. They have, like, a family friend named Reggie who is super dope. He's just an ice cream man. He, he drives an ice cream truck uh, and plays the guitar. And, uh, I don't know, he's just, like, genuinely a super chill dude in the movie. Uh, and so Mike and Reggie and Jody, 
eventually decide to take on the tall man and try to save the day. So the tall man is like a weird, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's from this planet. Like it seems like he's an alien. Sometimes he turns himself into like an attractive blonde lady that murders people uh, by stabbing them. Uh, also the tall man has mild telekinesis, I guess. Cause he definitely like does some telekinetic stuff here and there. He also has yellow blood, which I would say normal people do not have. Yeah. So he, he works. Oh, and he has super strength too, which is pretty, uh, pretty dope. So he, he's like the mortician in the town and he, the funeral home, by the way, is like a mansion. It's the biggest funeral home that I think has ever existed in the history of anything. Uh, it's, it's just like a palace of death. And so basically what you kind of find out is that the tall man, uh, is taking the corpses of the people that have died in the town. Sometimes they've died with his help. Sometimes not. Uh, and he's putting, their bodies into weird canisters and that's shrinking them down and he's somehow reanimating them and using them as slave labor on another planet that you get through by going the uh, going through a portal in his funeral parlor uh which is kind of just cool uh you don't really see that very often in uh in movies I think this takes place in Oregon, by the way. I saw an Oregon license plate. They never made mention of, like, even the name of the town or anything like that. I don't know. In general, this movie just has a really dreamlike tone. Like, you, you don't really know if the events in it actually happened or not. Because, yeah, it, there there's a lot of weird things. Just the movie has a super strange vibe, which is... Uh, pretty cool i i appreciate it and and yeah i mean obviously it's not a dream because they made four sequels but i think if you just watched this movie on its own in 1979 you'd be like oh that was really ambiguous i don't know if it really happened or not the body count is pretty low there's only like two deaths in the movie uh, one of them being a friend of Jody and Reggie's uh, that dies in the beginning of the movie because the tall man is the blonde lady, and then she stabs him to death. And then the only other death in the movie is just like a random dude in the funeral home. Mike goes in kind of hunting around looking to find like any incriminating evidence or whatever uh, in regards to the tall man, and... A dude is just kind of, I don't know, it seems like he's guarding it. I'm not really sure if he's like a legit person or if he's a kind of a tall man creation or what. But uh, he catches a sphere to the dome and then it, it drills into his brain and blood and everything gushes out, which is pretty nifty. Speaking of spheres, that's like, if if you haven't seen this movie, you've probably seen that because it's such an iconic like horror thing i feel like the spheres are up there with like freddy's glove or jason's mask they're just really cool looking and it's just a neat idea like it's just a, a very cool unique horror item there's some weird pop culture stuff like there's definitely a dune reference in this movie like 
So Mike randomly goes to a funeral, or not a funeral, a fortune teller. Uh, and like I, it seems like he's friends with the fortune teller's granddaughter, and so they're talking and stuff. Because Mike is worried about his brother leaving and abandoning him, which I'll get to in a minute, because that's part of my theory. But when he's talking to the fortune teller, they make him put his hand into a black box, and his hand gets trapped. And he starts freaking out and stuff. And then the fortune t- uh, the f- fortune teller's granddaughter literally tells him, fear is the killer, which is, like, that's, like, a pretty blatant Dune reference, I feel like. Also, I don't know if this was a thing before this movie, uh, but this had a scene where Mike is looking at a, a photograph that's, like, really old, and uh, it's a photograph of the tall man, and then the photograph comes to life, and the tall man looks at uh, at Mike, kind of like what happened in It. So I don't know if this is the first movie to do that, but uh, it definitely seems like It ripped it off. <laughs> uh, which, in a way, like, I don't know, I feel like this movie kind of has, uh, like, a tone that has been ripped off, just because, like, I don't know, It... I could see this being an influence on like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff just because it really is like very dreamlike. Uh, it's all about this kid that knows something's going on in his town. And it's like, it's not necessarily that the adults aren't listening, but it's just like they're kind of aren't adults. Like, even his older brother that he stays with doesn't seem that old. He's like mid 20s, early 30s, maybe. So, yeah, it, it does kind of have that it vibe in a way like a like a coming of age horror movie uh in a way also i don't know if any of you guys remember the game turok 2 on the nintendo 64 but like there was a huge phantasm reference in that game because there was a weapon that i fondly remember called the cerebral boar and uh you would shoot it at like a monster in the game and it would shoot like a ball out that would hone in on the other person's head and drill into it so it was like a super big phantasm reference which i've always thought was pretty funny oh you know what i also missed a death there's three deaths there's uh there's tommy in the beginning then the fortune teller's granddaughter dies off screen because she goes to the funeral home after talking to Mike, and then she opens up the door that has the portal to uh, the other realm, and you hear a scream, and then she's never seen her referenced again. Uh, and then there's the the funeral home guard that gets the the sphere to the head. But here's so here's theory time, or whatever you want to call it. I feel like this movie is less about like what's actually happening on the screen and more about uh, Mike not really dealing with like the death of his parents and stuff. Um, Because there's just a lot of bits in the movie where it's like, Oh, okay. Like you, you kind of see Mike being like kind of a lonely kid just walking around by himself. And it kind of weirdly makes sense that he would kind of envision like the mortician in the town being evil because you know, you could, like, make the the connection that, like, yeah, this guy took my parents away. He was the last person that was seen with them once they died. So, clearly, he's doing something. And, yeah, it just, 
it, it just kind of has that vibe where it's like, uh, yeah, he's, he's just a lonely kid. And uh, I don't know. I could see grief being like a big theme of the movie if you're not going to take everything literally, which I guess you kind of should since they made sequels. The fact that they made sequels kind of takes all the metaphor out of the movie just because it's like, well, obviously what happened in the film actually happened. Also, very strange because they're just dream sequences within dream sequences, which I dig. I mean, it just, yeah, it really lends to the whole weird atmosphere of the movie. And yeah, you've got the killer score going a lot of the time. The effects are pretty good. I mean, there's not a, a whole lot going on. Like, So basically, uh, there's a point where in the funeral home, Mike, when he, he first discovers the tall man shenanigans, uh, gets chased by the tall man. And so he outruns him and he slams a door behind him and it like traps the tall man's fingers like on the other side of the door. And so Mike chops him off as you do, which is how you find out the tall man bleeds yellow. But then he like takes one of his fingers because it's still alive. And I guess that's just a thing like tall man's thing, like body parts just live on independently of the tall man. And then it mutates into a weird fly monster, which is that's that's kind of a goofy effect, but it's super fun. Uh, there's just yeah, there's a lot to like about this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would wholeheartedly recommend that you check it out because it is well worth watching. And I remember at least the first two sequels being really dope. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen four or five. This is also one of those franchises where it's like this sequel came out or this movie came out in like 1979. But then they waited like a long time to do the first sequel. And so it really is like I think the fifth movie came out in like 2016 or something. So like this series went from 79 to 2016, which is pretty nuts. Kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, the first one of those came out in, like, 73, 74. And then I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 came out in, like, 86 or 87, something like that. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something uh, to be said for those franchises where, like, they wait a really long time between sequels. Because I dig Phantasm 2 and I like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 quite a bit. But, yeah, I don't know. I say look it up. It's probably streaming somewhere i'm not sure definitely give it a watch uh i also recommend at least the first couple of sequels give those watches i'm going to give them a watch and then i will talk about them on here uh in other news i think i'm not strictly gonna stick with horror uh because i feel like there's a lot of overlap with horror fans between like you know monster movies and just other genres so uh, i don't want to just pigeonhole myself 100 percent into just horror because sometimes you know i want to talk about kung fu movies or i want to talk about the warriors or uh sci-fi stuff like aliens or uh starship troopers that would be a dope episode starship troopers is a sweet movie I mean, obviously, I've got a lot of horror stuff to watch right now, but if I start getting burned out, I'm going to branch out a little bit. It's still going to be horror adjacent, for sure. It's just, it won't only be vampire slasher movies or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I say check out Phantasm. Let me know what you think. And, yeah, until next time, 
don't go to the cemetery? I, I, yeah, sure. Let's, let's end it on that. Don't go to the cemetery. Because you might get a sphere in your head and get transformed into a little Jawa-looking dwarf that does labor on a foreign planet. All right. Talk to you guys again soon. See ya.